Good evening, or good morning. Might be your lunch break, but this is the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I had to change it up. Nice. I got Vance nice. to the right of me. Across the table from Vance, we have Ranger, who still does not have a bait in his mouth. But Vance is in front of Ranger. Ranger looks hungry. I think you need to put that bait back up there. He's grown his teeth back. It is getting <laughs> cold out there. <laughs> Ready to eat. Yes. He is getting, getting hungry. You know, okay, this is off off the cuff right now. I hear people, and I, I have not been able to confirm nor deny this, say that water clarity will change the brightness of colors in a muskie. Is that true or false? Because I don't know. I certainly notice different colors throughout the throughout the uh, the months of the season um, on the fish that Todd and I catch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like like, will dirty water make them more pale than clear yes, water? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. For sure. From what we, I yeah. mean, we we we've we'll be talking about it one of these times. <laughs> you know, we caught the same fish. Springtime, it was very clear water, very vivid bars. You catch it in. When did you catch that other? When did you catch that fish, Vance? September, October, yeah, uh, September, September. Very murky algae. All the bars very faded out. They're much more, much more vivid colors in this clear water. Okay. Now the next question is: How fast do you think they change their color tone? Is it a gradual or is it like a chameleon where fifteen seconds later? I think it's probably a little more gradual than that, but I think Vance would agree with me here. You know, the fish that we're catching, the fish that you're catching out in the open water trolling, I'm sure, I'm sure Vance can attest to this. There's some of those fish, you, you pick them out of the water, out of the net or whatever. And I, I, I lay the fish out in that open water, whether it's, you know, the algae, the green, but they, they like disappear while you're holding them. Yeah, like they, they blend right in. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, like the, the 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 bars are not on those fish, and you you lay them in the water and they swim away, and it's like they're the same color as that water. Yeah, and then you go catch one up in the weed beds on the same day when you're doing casting, and you pull it out of these brown weeds, and the fish have bars all over them. Mm-hmm. They're definitely chameleon, and well, I've I've seen it many many times where I've caught a fish back when we were tagging years ago or stuff that we recognize here on on uh on chautauqua lake catch it at one time of the season it looks like this you catch it again and it looks totally different now i don't know that they can do it within the hour <laughs> but they definitely change colors right i mean because that was something that you know in some reading that i've seen in the past saying that oh the the lake the river name your body of water has been muddy for x amount of time the fish are now looking different in color and i'm just wondering is that something that you know what that means i don't know what that means i don't know either but i could imagine there being like an article like use yeah. this bait and slow yeah. down and that's what it'll get strikes so I, I i would imagine it takes more than a day yeah but it, i'm just i was just curious about that and i don't know how by talking about ranger probably because it happened it, yes. it looks like someone just spray bombed this thing yeah, they definitely change color, and all the fall fish yeah. are, are. I mean, our our early season fish are way more vivid colors than all the fall fish. Even the weed bed fish, mm-hmm. not near as. I mean, you can see those bars, but 
the ones that are up in the weeds, but it's nothing like it is in the spring when it's real nice and clear. Perfect, no doubt. All right, Fatty Z Muskie Products. I just put up a post minutes ago talking about the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, it probably doesn't pertain to you. But I have said in the past I was going to make a post uh, with the RSS feed, also iTunes, and the link is also on the website. Just go to fattyzmuskie.com, click on podcast, and you can you can stream it right off the web you know for whatever reason if you're at work you know just tell your boss i told that you're allowed to Mm -hmm. so um you can do that there so you can listen there um we will be show season coming up we'll be in chicago booth 618 by boat letter a uh we're gonna have a bunch of rod holders we're gonna have all the baits that i can have completed by then we're also gonna be you guys were confirmed on the bubble for Ohio? Yeah, we're in. Yeah. We're in like Deposit. Flynn. Deposit has been sent and room is booked. Okay. So with that, you will not see my beautiful face there. You will not get to uh, speak with me, but you'll be able to talk to Vance and Todd. They'll be in Ohio. And Todd, where are we going to be after Ohio? After Ohio, March 10th and 11th, we are going to be at the Embassy Suites in Moon Township down by the airport in Pittsburgh. That is the Musky Max. A little change of location this year. They had a scheduling conflict, and we'll see how it goes. Who knows? Maybe they'll pick this as the main place. It's, it, it, it is nice, easy access down there, a lot of parking. We've been down to that area many times for some other stuff. With Musky Road Rules always does their things down around that area. Uh, lots of good places to stop and get a bite to eat. Lots of things going on around there. Uh it's a great, uh, great show. Everything's under one roof. You can stay there if you want to come and stay a couple days. You can look them up on www.muskymax.com. They're also on Facebook. It's always a great show for us. Anybody that's looking to get a booth, they still have some open booths uh, that they'd like to get filled in. So give give those guys a call. Give them a shout out, Sean and Todd Leopardi. Great guys. Uh, from Elwood City, I've known those guys for many, many years. They're putting on a great show, and uh, get a hold of them. Great way to advertise, great way to get your stuff out there. there. Then there's a lot of people come through the door, and they're ready to buy, as we've talked about before. And we're going to have all the baits there, the rod holder needs, track. That, that's right. Um, <clears throat> maybe this week. I'm probably not going to make a post about it because, well, I suck at it. And number two, I just made a post. Um, I'm going to probably have like four dozen tubes made, fatty Z musky tubes. So nice. if for those people that like planer boards, tubes are really nice. I also liked them for walleye fishing. I used them. I enjoyed ours. They were nice. You better have. Yes. So, uh, I'm also going to hopefully work on another, you know, really neat thing. I just got to work out the details and find time and still sleep. Um, for rail mounts, I, I have a really good idea, but uh, nothing is completed yet. But uh, anyways, that's Fat AZ. Be sure to uh, look up, like, uh, Musky Max. They have the Facebook page. Come to the show. That'd be great to see you there. And MC Fishing Guides, someone want to tell us about that? 
mcfishingguys.com. That would be myself and Vance. We'll be rip and ready to go come uh, Memorial Day weekend. I did the calendars today because I had so many people. I booked two or three trips and this last day or two, and uh, I had all this stuff scribbled down. So the schedule was made. Vance, you already got quite a few trips booked. I'll have to let you know when they are. Uh, but we already had double ups where people called and tried to book a day that I already had filled. So the schedule is made. If you're if you're coming up to vacation or anything, and you already know when you're coming. Uh, usually, we've been able to get everybody in. This year, we had some problems. Even though both of us were going, there was times that I just couldn't. We couldn't get it done. So. If you know when you're coming up to Chautauqua, you're coming on vacation, you're coming for a week, get a hold of us as soon as you can. Once these show season starts here in the beginning of January, those days are going to fill up. They're already uh, there's already some times there that it's already uh, it's already pretty filled in. So if you know when you're coming, get a hold of us. We'll get you on the schedule. Uh, we'll do our best between the two of us, and we will do our best for sure to get you on some fish. Absolutely. Perfect. And St. Croix Rods, best on earth. Look them up if you're uh, looking for a new fishing rod. You know, I heard Santa Claus really likes to ship big, long, musky rods. Mm -hmm. They fit in the sleigh much better than UPS or the post office or FedEx. Mm. So ask Santa Claus Mm -hmm. or visit your local St. Croix retailer. They come in a great, beautiful, nice, big, thick heavy tube you can use those for many other things starting fires when you're done i Uh, use them to to ship the rods back because they have a great warranty and i have i have had to do that yes guiding you put a lot of wear and tear on them Mm -hmm. that or you could be selling off your other rods and throwing them in that tube i've done that also we've sold off our guide rods i had somebody question me today about getting we always say that we do have a few rods available at the end of the season and, uh, you know, we're supposed to use them for the season, sell them. Well, we just sold about everything we had. <laughs> uh, so there's not much left in that used rod series right now. But uh, it does work great for shipping them back out to some other guys. That great rods. Yeah, but those tubes, they are <laughs> extremely tough cardboard. They are, yeah. Oh, they are. I mean, like you get the right you get the right diameter one, you could break a guy's face open. Oh, there you go. There's another yeah. perk of an it's order. Another there weapon. You go. Yeah, and <clears throat> you weapon. could probably sh- put a nice edge on it, and you could just spear somebody and get a core sample. There you go. Yeah. No, there anyways. Andy's head is. He's wow. in. He's in the killing mode because of of deer hunting. Yeah, so. because I'm not like Vance that just gets it done immediately. It's talent. <laughs> anyway. Let's okay. get into the power rankings. Been doing it since the turn of the year. We got some submissions. I'm sitting here now, so we're going to get into a couple of them. But uh, You only got like four more of these, and then we might be changing it up. That's good. Change is good. So. <laughs> we can come back around. We might have to come back around, but yeah, change is good. All right, Vance, lead, lead this parade. Coming in for this week's podcast power rankings is going to be Todd. Take it away. We're going to talk about Ranger again. The old musky mount, that old head, 
shriveled up, dried up on the wall, or some old mom hanging in somebody's basement or garage. Or, I mean, we see them at the main place we stop, uh, Hogan's Hut, up at Chautauqua Lake. You, you, you know, we stop there to get our coffees and, and whatnot. But they do the, uh, uh, they sell our licenses, and there's some really old, really old mounts on the wall that people have like donated to the bait shop. But I, I still enjoy looking at that stuff, even though the paints fading and the, or peeling, fading, the paints are in, horrible, like Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I like thinking of the story behind that. And you wonder that story is still floating around in some family somewhere. Uh, some of the fish, that you see at these old tackle shops. Some really big fish. Some of them not that big, but you wonder if there's a story still floating around in a family somewhere that Grandpa got the six-footer. <laughs> but, the, but the mount's no longer with us. It was donated to the museum <clears throat> or something, you know? <laughs> right. I, you I, look at that fish. Somebody caught that fish. And you only get that with those old dried up shriveled up mounts skin mounts yeah i i i don't go that deep into the skin mounts i look at them and i just think of how horrendous they actually the paints actually look yeah it, it, i just look at them like okay so someone here tried to use like maybe some yellow some green mm-hmm. and by the time they got the brown on everything was already brown anyway and then it yeah. just looked like they just put like my fire tiger stripes down it in like some green color <laughs> yeah and they call that a musky stripes and yeah i look at it and i i don't go to the story i probably should because but i'm pessimistic here i look at it and i'm just like man i'd be embarrassed if i was that guy that That's painted terrible. that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i couldn't give it to the right client now. i'm looking at one right now hanging in my garage an old advance has seen it andy probably has too but he probably doesn't remember it but. i do it wasn't your grandfather's yeah Yep. Oh, it's a point ter- for me. T- terrible colors, just but it was an old fish that we caught, and he got it mounted by a friend. It never did a muskie and was into taxidermy. And I mean, the colors are terrible, but you know, it's it, it, that's it. That that that's, that's just it. All these fiberglass ones that are floating around now, I'll never have the same feeling about those fish because it's yeah. like, oh, that's you had that made. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen tons of the pictures of, like, here's my fish picture, and here's my mount. And it's like, oh, my gosh. How come your tail girth is 16 inches? <laughs> what, <Yeah>. what happened <laughs> to your fish? What happened to your fish? <laughs> your fish exploded during the mount stage. But, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I'm not saying it happens to everybody's fish, but real yeah. easy to do with these replicas, these old skin mounts. And they do shrivel up, though. You know, I mean, they do shrivel and fade and fins start falling off but there's something neat to be said about this i i like them i, I mean it's just like the old th- those really old buck taxidermy things you walk into like some i don't know some steakhouse somewhere not a chain yeah bar. and, and yep. it's, you know they might have a bar and they just you, you know you got the, the two staples you got the musky and that standard arch or mm-hmm. you got that buck that's looking straight ahead mm-hmm. looking straight ahead and the 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 hair looks like it's ready to fall out. It's very like yellow lab looking. Yes. And wiry. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Cause it's been hanging around for like 
80 years now. And it's seen probably <laughs> 9 million packs of cigarette smoke go over it. Yes, yeah. yes. But you could Nicotine take and rejuvenate color. that. You could tear that apart, take that rack, put a nice fresh coat of I mean, you can just cape, be, cape, cape on it. Put a new cape, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, that, those are just like it the standards. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like seeing them. I wasn't dogging on the, the skin mounts. I was no, just yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at... Like I was saying, how Ranger just looks and it looks like he ran into the wall. His upper lip is just like curled up. Yeah, yeah. I like those old skin mounts. Though. Like you know, you see them at fishing lodges and stuff, or old tackle shops, flea markets, and flea antique markets, shops. Anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. I mean, the paint jobs are terrible on them, but I mean, that's just kind of what you're getting for. If you have a fish that was mounted in the '80s or the '70s, you know, it might have been a fifty-some incher. Now it's a forty-five, and you know, it's just lost all its girth and stuff. It's shriveled over time. That's what's neat about them. And yes, the fiberglass mounts kind of look like a toy or something out of like a mm-hmm. Star Wars movies nowadays. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. You know, that's the mm-hmm. way the way it's trending now. You know, with I like to look at them and think of the story, the story behind it. I like to look for them at flea markets and antique shops because if the price is right, I'm walking out with it under my arm. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I have range. And you, usually those old, those old ones, are, there's, there's a neat fishing story to them. Of course, we're all, all accustomed to catching them certain ways nowadays, you know, trolling, big baits, shad baits, casting big rubber, whatever it is. Uh, you know, and you look at those old skin mounts and you kind of think like, that guy was not using the same rod I use. No. no. He was probably yeah. using something about, you know, a third of the size that I'm using. And uh, mm-hmm. they got that fish in. And, and it was truly yeah. 10,000 casts. And probably 10,000 Or sitting casts. with a bobber with a trout under it or a bobber with a sucker under it or something, you know. just I mean, not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, that's... that's there was a that, lot more of that. It's a lot different than the way... A lot, most of the fishing is going on right now. You see a guy like casting out of a 14 foot rowboat for it or something. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's what's. I neat. can give some tips on live bait fishing. I was told this by, by a very wise man who also bank yanks. Um, he's saying you put a bluegill under a bobber. When the mm-hmm. bobber goes under, you light a cigar, you finish smoking the cigar, then you just start reeling it in, and they never get away. There you go. Because they've had it in their mouth for 20 minutes and yeah. it's swallowed. Yeah. <laughs> you light a cigar. The way we used to fish them. That's what he said. He says you light a cigar and you smoke the thing all the way. I've never smoked a cigar. I don't really know time-wise what it takes. Oh, my God. Um, but I imagine it takes more than what you'd probably want a quick strike rig to, to happen. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And, a little uh, different. I guess the whole time when you're smoking this you cigar... Yeah, that is the requirement mm-hmm. if you're going to do this correctly. Yes. So, um, the whole time when you're smoking that cigar, you're actually pre-celebrating this musky catch. Mm-hmm. You already got him. You and, got him. And you're just like, you're probably sitting there wondering how big is it. Either way, it's going to be floating <laughs> or in the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's live bait fishing the way I started. I tried. I just never. I never really did well with live bait. I, there were times when I was younger, we went to this one, one lake, my father and I, with some big shiners, 
mm-hmm. and what we thought were big really I wouldn't even consider to be bait anymore. And I remember just watching that bobber go under, and it was a notorious pike lake. We could not catch a pike to save our life. You're oh, just geez. getting bit off. I mean, no, it was just like we'd set the hook, it'd be on for a few seconds, and then it was gone. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, oh, you got a gut hook up. Well, because you we didn't have cigars. You weren't letting them swallow. Yeah, you, you weren't, weren't letting you didn't them have, swallow. Yeah. You bring your stogies. I, yeah. When I, I, what was I thinking when I was 11? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cigars do you think? Swishers? Swisher Sweets? I, Philly Blunts? Oh. I really have no idea what you're talking about. No, I because, don't. Because That's I was, primo gas station st- cigars oh, right there. I was told that smokers are jokers. Well, uh, this one. From Rod and Todd not. Flanders. <laughs> apparently not. A Simpsons <laughs> reference. They are pivotal in uh, live bait musky fishing. My grandpa was King Edward Imperial. You had to have heard of those. Those cigars? Yeah. Yeah. King Edward Imperial cigars, yeah. I still have some of the old cigar boxes. Like, they would ship them in a cardboard box. You get, like, 50 of them, those old cigar boxes. Some of them are very collectible. I have a old punch press from... Ed Ladiano here. Yes. That has a, a bunch, bunch of his c- old cigars bark. With a yes. bunch of his punches and dyes mm-hmm. from all his lips and springs and all this. It's part of my museum display. Yes. Old cigars. Yeah. Old cigars. And I, I, looked, I looked some of those up, and some of them are, are of, of, of value. Not a lot of value, but, you know, you could get 20 bucks out of them, but I figured the heck with it. Let's just put it in, in the Fat AZ Museum. That's right. So old cigar boxes. They were very popular back in the day. Apparently, people smoked a lot of cigars mm-hmm. that you had to buy yes. them in bulk. Mm-hmm. It's the guys that like quit smoking cigarettes and they went to cigars because you didn't only smoke one or two of them a day. And without a filter. Yeah, but you didn't inhale them. You just puffed them up. Will Smith style. Just bite it for the look. I don't light it. Okay. Getting jiggy with it. Anyway, going into three, we're going to uh, <laughs> stick to this. My, it's going to be mine. It's going to be the offering. Um, the, the offering. The offering that people use in, in fishing. Uh, when, I guess it's like it's like an old, I don't know, it's like an old thing. I don't really do it much, but countless times I would, I would read an article or whatever, uh, and on the lines of tobacco, um, you know, say you go up and fish a Canadian Shield Lake, people would make an offering to the lake, mm-hmm. the body of water, of tobacco. And they'd like say a little thing and they'd do a tobacco offering, break off a cigar and throw it in the water for good luck in fishing. I think that's called littering. It really is, yes. Okay, but go continue. Uh, um, but... I don't know if it's a superstition thing or, or whatever it is, but people would make offerings to say, you know, give them good juju for, for catching big fish. Uh, I've seen, I've read it in, in many of the Canadian Shield articles that I've read uh, read before I went up in, there and fished and whatnot. I've seen people do it. I oh, I can tell you that, that course, a lake chain that we fish, that we used to fish all the time, uh, you know, myself, the Wileys, the Whites, the, the, the Clarks. Let me tell you, there are a ton of loonies. The like loonie the is bird? the one... No, loonies, the $1, yes. the $1 okay. coin has a loon on it, and they're called loonies up there in Canada. And uh, uh, there's 
thousands of dollars worth of loonies in the bottom of those lakes because that was a thing you flip a loony up in the water you flip a loony up flip it in the water and uh that was the offering you always offered up your loonies now i was on the cheap side i never did many loonies i would do a penny <laughs> man yeah now was, the truth comes out which is yeah. obsolete in yeah. canada now <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. For reasons of that, Canadian. I still have Canadian. Pets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I do, and and we do it occasionally in the boat up at Chautauqua. It's like, okay, we need some luck here. I'll dig around in my pocket, and oh, there's a penny. We flip it out over the side. I thought maybe you'd grab like a fifth and pour it out for your homies. Oh my. No. 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 Um, Good drink. Lots of loonies been dumped into those lakes. Yes, get a lot of them guys. The lucky loony. Pitch them in. See, maybe I'm a little too aggressive with my offerings because anytime I go to the lake, I offer the lake not to drain it if it gives me a muskie. There you go. <laughs> I'd blow the dam up <laughs> and empty that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the offering, it's it's neat, you know. I saw, you know, there was a, uh, oh, who's that guy that fishes Bear grills or something? Or, uh, River Monsters, that guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whatever, Jeremy Wade, he's got like four teeth. But he uh, <laughs> he did the tobacco offering. Okay. And um, that's probably why he has four teeth. But um, <laughs> So he throws out like tobacco. He, he did like an episode, like claimed, you know, a muskie like killed somebody. And then they went to ca- catch one. And he put in like countless hours like we all do and mm-hmm. at points and was having difficulty and he i guess was like pulling out all the you know trying trying everything made that made this tobacco offering went and jigged for walleye and caught one not just uh, yep. anyone but a giant one i think it was like a 46 or something i thought it was close, like over 50 but regardless that's still a big one yeah yeah <clears throat> maybe not giant but it's still big yeah not great fish a great first muskie but yeah so it was because of this tobacco offering I think, yeah. I used to have something when I fished with Tim a lot was back in the day I would chew a lot of gum. Mm. And uh, sometime during the fishing trip my gum would no longer have flavor. And I would say, I, I forget exactly what I'd say, but I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm spitting the gum out. And it's like that was the thing. And, mm. it, you know, it never really changed anything. But um, <laughs> that was the thing. Um, but, you know, it was always like, Tim would be like, "Why'd you wait so long to get serious, or something? You know, something like that." It, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, never. Yeah. It, it, it was it, a joke. It was just, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, the gum, and I don't want that in me for seven years, so I gave it to the lake. Yeah, I've done that, like in a carp feeding and whatnot. I've seen those things eat eat the gum I spit out. You know what? I, I just <laughs> you spit your gum, and I'm sure there's people that are listening that have like different like uh spillways and what have you that just have a collection of carp Mm. Mm -hmm. and you know you throw bread and they just like swim over each other and there's you know seagulls standing on their backs yeah you could walk on them yeah um picture if you threw like those little pack of firecrackers down in there and you threw one and they would did a carp and eat it like that's terrible i just thought when you said i spit my gum down there Those poor fish don't even know what chewing gum is. I know. And then I, my mind just went one step further. Let's throw M80s out. I was like a little kid, you know. I would do it. This was last week. I would hammer it. 
I, I might. You did I, a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. I was you cut ducks rotten. and stuff. Yeah, you cut ducks and. Anyway, the offering, <laughs> you know. Cool stuff. Okay. Coming in at two, Andy. Take it away. Okay, mine is the hot shower. And now, like all of these power rankings as of recent, are going to go for a while. I got to give a story on the hot shower. The, the last episode we did, I talked that I might be going fishing. Well, the weather kind of changed, and it was like 42, 44 degrees with a strong chance of rain. <laughs> Doggone it, I was doing it because I said I was. So I get to the Raging River. The color is eh, borderline acceptable. The flow is a little bit fast. I could not see any of the logs I needed to watch out for. There were sections I just threw the boat in neutral and trimmed up and just said, well, let's see how many I bounce off of this time. And I didn't hit any. Nice. I mean, there was a lot. That water was up. And Mm -hmm. uh, I hit one of my first favorite spots. And you remember where that little beaver dam was? on that in pike alley oh yeah yes i probably could have jumped it the water was up i I was just everywhere and i'm just like okay i'm just gonna go to my spot so i go down to my secret spot and i'm working i actually had a friend on the phone uh when i was doing this so i had the earbuds in and this was a guy that reeled in his first muskie last year with me and he's kind of always like interested now and i'm like i'm just gonna keep you on the phone we're gonna see what happens Anyways, I get, I'd probably say, if, if we were going to rank the spots, A, B's, and C's, A's being the best spots, and C's just being like, yeah, there might be one here, but I don't put a lot of time in it. I get to my first B spot, which is the middle, if, if mm-hmm. you didn't understand the sliding scale. <laughs> um, and uh, right, out of the, right out of the bottom, I got probably a 36, 38 coming right at my glider. Yep, I was using the Stinger, Perch beautiful and uh it caught me off guard there was a lot of flow my trolling motor was like on four and uh it came out hot enough i was just like eh, you might come back and so i positioned upstream i couldn't get it to come back then i go through a couple a spots some b's some c's and i get to the jungle now the jungle is a little bit more jungly <laughs> than vance probably recalls remember you, you kind of were is that when i was fishing off of a tree Yes. Okay, yeah. It's more jungly. Mm-hmm. I had to really zig and zag to get through that mess now. I can't believe you got up through there. That's just nuts. I mean, there's probably another tree or two stuck in there. Because when you get these big, giant trees stuck in small rivers, and you get a lot of current come through there that might pull another tree in, mm-hmm. those trees just don't magically miss each other. They start building up. Mm-hmm. It Next year, I might need to bring the chainsaw. You might have to take the saw. I was just wondering, did you have your saw? I have no. It's actually in my no. pack for. <laughs> I can't believe you went out fishing. Well, period. I had to. So, anyways, like <laughs> I, I have before. I have this like, it's an inexpensive homeowner saw. It might have like a fourteen-inch bar on it. I have buried the bar underwater to cut trees. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't. It's not an underwater saw, but yeah, I, yeah. I made it. It's submersible. Um to cut stuff so i'm not scared of doing that i'll take a pole saw and stick it way down in there that's I, such work no it isn't it's it's relaxing so anyways by this time it had been like kind of like that foggy misty rain and i'm like ah this is kind of suck in and 
but I'm sticking with it. And then, you know, you get a minute of just like those big heavy raindrops hitting you and then it goes to nothing. It's spitting in. Well, so I get through the jungle. So there was a point that I talked about the jungle so much. I ended up getting this stick caught on the trolling motor shaft and it, it's just floating. It's a stick. It might have been, I don't know, I'm going to guess five to six feet wide long and it was floating it wasn't causing any harm but it was bothering me as i'm going up the river i'm pushing it perfectly on the balance point on the trolling motor shaft like i tried steering right and left i couldn't shake it so i cast this i cast this thing around i'm on an a spot now and i'm like i'm gonna work this in so i get all the way to the boat nothing and i'm just not thinking i just hold the rod the bait's still in the water and i take the rod tip and i well, like I normally do, I swatted the stick off the trolling motor. You were so tough on your gear. <laughs> the stick might have been an inch and a half in diameter. So here I am pushing this stick off, and I go to pick the bait out of the water, and there's a muskie on it. <laughs> That's how Are I you it. I swear to God, I picked it up to pick the bait out. Oh, my gosh. This little fish, it, it was like a low 30s at best. <clears throat> It hit it when it was sinking, and I was trying to jam this stick off my motor. So at not one point With was this thing rod. gliding. With my rod. No, it was just falling down, and I'm trying to, like, <laughs> shove this stick off the front of my boat. After going through this, and the fish, I pick up, i like, why isn't this? And I see its mouth open, head shaking. <laughs> so there, my friends. There, I mean, anyone can catch a muskie yeah. in these situations. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Andy's it, explaining this right now. I mean, it's very simple. Andy didn't even take his equipment out to fish with. He just did it to hit sticks and shit. That's yeah. so all he's doing. <laughs> he, he just wants to go and plow through. This. Yeah, that's that's the, the whole Andy point. way. Yeah, can I get there? Yes, I got there. The, the, the mission's accomplished once Andy. I got up through reaches there. Reaches yeah. his spots. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that was. I, I could continue to tell you more A to B C spots. <laughs> Nothing else happened the rest of the day. It so started the fish to, got in. The fish got in your way. It essentially to, slowed me down from moving yeah. the stick. Mm. You were trying to get something. Yeah. Nothing a, in this life can be easy. Everything has to fight me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, but the this fish messed up the whole procedure. I just God. wanted to get through this and like turn around and take a selfie. Look what I just went through. Yeah. But now I had to deal with this fish that just wouldn't let go. It was one of them <laughs> unhooking jobs that it was, I think it was the it was the front hook in the corner of its mouth. I'm like, okay. Mm. But th- that was it. So I reached down and I, I grabbed that hook and it starts wiggling. Now the back hook is stuck on the flappy part of his gill. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I'll get this one off. So I pop that one off. I grab back on that front hook. I unhook the front hook. Then its back hook goes into like the corner of its mouth. It, yeah. I had to unhook it like six times. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. It was there. six, six <laughs> catches. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. You, I mean, caught, you <laughs> caught up for the year. And then you I caught I, it six times. I never took it out of the water, and I, I'm just like, okay, here you go. Shoo. And it tips upside down. I said, no, you don't. So I like take my finger and I jab it yeah. to, to tip it. <laughs> like That's the secret to revive a muskie is you poke it in its stomach. Oh, my God. <laughs> <it flips> <laughs> You didn't stick it in his bum hole, did you? No, it was on his side by its front fin. But I just wanted to, like, minimize my touching of it, so I just gave it, like, a poke to, to, to right it. And when it righted itself, it was like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. And it swam away. <laughs> yeah. 
Unbelievable. So, anyways, I get okay. out. I you get caught out of one. Spot. I caught one. But that's the. It, it, I, yes, I did catch one, but I was trying to move a stick. That was the point. <laughs> so I get back and I'm like, okay. So I fish. I fish where I uh, another a spot. Nothing happened. I'm like, well, this is going to be a cold ride because now it's like raining, raining. And I'm like, I can either go slow and be longer wet, or do you go fast and be colder but for less time? That's but you still remain the same of wetness. M- maybe I remember. I remember in grade but, school that was a a thing, you know. But I could still be, I, I could be hiding behind the windshield, right? As opposed ah, to the, that's the difference, Vance. The windshield. Yeah, the windshield. It's, it's like a front umbrella. There was like you know like you know everybody ev- did that. everybody's trying to get to you know the door here. Somebody's twenty five feet away and they're walking two miles an hour. This guy's. 75 feet away and he's doing i don't know just say like four and a half or something with a light light pace if you were talking about the same time whatever i didn't pay attention too much all i remember is they were both like the same amount of wet they picked up the same amount of water right but if if i'm doing 40 miles an hour behind a windshield i'm going to be getting less frontal rain sure Mm -hmm. So I mean I don't know I so I ended up yeah. doing I compromised I went about twenty five miles an hour up the creek because a wet pocket doesn't keep your hand, other hand warm and I just went so anyways that's that's what I asked you I was like uh, oh yeah by the way I fished the whole time with no gloves that's, well and that's what I asked you I said did you do you have like a rain suit or like <laughs> what are you wearing that's right, you I was did. like it was, it's pouring out you, you were like no I. You know, basically, you were in denim and cotton. It's like that's he one. He was wearing the belt. Belli- yeah, the Belichick. The Belichick. Yeah, the be- okay. pretty much. I know that Vance and Todd have seen this, but it's my blue and green flannel. You're that- homeless. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. very much. My wife will not allow me to wear it in public. It like the big homeless. I, it has been repaired so many times. I have had this jacket for almost twenty years. And it, it like where the pocket goes on the right side, it's the, the pocket's still there, but because of the fabric being worn away, I essentially use the outer shell of the fabric, the inner shell, and what that like little polyfill liner is. I just jam it in between the two layers of cloth. Very nice. And the problem <laughs> is, if I move too quick, it can then fall out the back because this whole opening is probably a solid twelve inches. <laughs> My left pocket's solid, but the right one's just, you know, it, it needs Gone. a little attention. It's probably years of using it as a rain jacket. It, and that thing was completely soaked. And Vance noticed when he walked in on the punch press that Ed Latiana owned, it is used as a drying rack for that coat. Very, is it, very nice. Did you have a Belichick on underneath? Oh, without a doubt. Yes. I mean, so when we first got into doing, going to these shows, we bought some nice shirts that say... That is the musky products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Andy, honestly, when after we ordered them, so we're getting ready, we're setting up for the show. Of course, Andy's got the Belichick on. Without and uh, he's got this. He's got the nice white or gray. I think I got you gray. Yep. Gray T-shirt sitting in the back. And uh, the first time that the, you know the show was getting ready to start, I saw, uh, actually I saw a little sigh. 
as he took the Belichick off and put his <laughs> garb on. Freshly washed, good smelling. Yes. I folded it neatly. Yes. I, I think did. you like keep that in totes now. I gotta keep them where I can find them. <laughs> I had to wash it one time. <laughs> it stunk stunk the products up. <laughs> no, but he was. He was a little he was a little befuddled that he had to take that Belichick off. I know he was a little uncomfortable getting all well, it's different having that constraint on your elbows because I rolled the sleeves up. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like getting ready to change the oil in a truck. So I'm just like, <laughs> time to dig in. And I'm just like, man, this is hurting yes. the elbows. Insane. Hot shower yeah. after a cold day. Yeah. So anyways, yes. Yeah, so and I got home and I took a hot shower and it felt great. There you go. We got <laughs> to power through this. Uh, yeah, I know. Number one submission from Jesse. Jesse Lindemere. Uh he says nicknames in fishing, uh, and of course, I as I'm reading this, I kind of get sad uh, because I, my nickname was used for it when I uh, named my boat for a little bit to be to be determined, uh, knowing if it was going to run or not. Oh my gosh! But uh, mm-hmm. that was three years ago, man. But um, nicknames in fi- fishing, like uh, Girthra. Any of the fish, you know, jumping Jimmy, jumping Jimmy, uh, jumping Jimmy, you know, big fish Jimmy, the the kid that had a hell of a half day with me, uh, Jimmy the Beast, Jimmy the Beast, yeah, big fish Bo, uh, who caught that big big fish Bo. I talked oh. to his dad today. Yeah, he's gonna get some rod holders from us. Girthra, awesome. Who's who is Girthra? <laughs> I've never no, heard of Girthra. You keep saying this. <laughs> yeah. He's just like sneaking it in. Is this from a Godzilla movie? Girthra. You guys never heard of that? It's like old mossy back. <laughs> you ever heard of those? Yeah. Or are you talking about people? Because I don't know anybody's nickname Girthra, but I'm talking about the I've fish. Ne- I've never heard of the fish Girthra. Never. And if anybody is using that stock, please, that is just. I've read it in a publication (laughs) that um, the initials would be MH. I've heard of like the quest for Girthra. Oh my God. Terrible. Well, anyway, that's the bad side of the nicknames. Yeah. At Chautauqua, they had, what was that called? Uh, All for years. Oh, how, how about the, the fish the, at Chautauqua? What's a big one is the queen. The queen? The well, the queen. Yeah. I'd prefer to have Girthra than the queen. Oh, my God. The queen, yeah. I think that one out of Mille Lacs got called the queen, but I think there's a lot of yes. them. That <clears throat> I think they're called the queen. But that one of Mille Lacs was pretty much a queen. No doubt. Yeah. Basketball in it. Musky Methuselah or something. They, they, there's, uh. one that they called it, they, there's one they called at Chautauqua. Yes, uh, I remember. I remember a post on on one of those forums that uh, was that it, I, that I had talked about. Was it a caught fish? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm adjusting the gains. I don't know what happened. Okay. I, I dropped off real quiet. Yeah, I did too. Um, so, anyways, the 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 one where we talked about Bigfoot. This mm-hmm. this one guy was talking opening day. He caught this fish. You know, it went fifty inches or or whatever, and. Um, he he. Then rather than just calling it like a big muskie or something, that 
he named it Mini Methuselah. And, and I'm just like, what? That's from Chautauqua. Yes, it was a Chautauqua fish. That's from Chautauqua. Yes. And and the thing that that gets me is it's like you got to have a nickname that's a little bit like shorter than actually just calling it. I caught a big muskie. Is that a mm-hmm. Greek god? Like the? Ma- yeah, I, I think it is. I, yeah, I, I I think it is. And actually, I mean, I've had people say like older guys say, you know, my buddy caught. Mini, Mini Methuselah here back in '78. How big was this like? Fish? There's this five. I, I would say, well, your buddy's going to be there picking up your teeth because stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably 48, but <laughs> it was probably a 48. <laughs> no, yeah. there's this there's this one at the Chautauqua fishery Mini Methuselah. Uh, that is like a 54, 40 pounder. Uh, old school picture. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near. Uh, 54 inches and 40 pounds. I don't know if that got a nickname. It's actually dead. Yeah. They have an yeah. amount of it. but um, I've never heard of this mini Methuselah. Oh, yeah. No, mini, mini stop saying there's it. A, there's a big thing on Chautauqua about mini Methuselah. Well, I guess accompanied with, with that... Uh, guy claiming that name he also said that the locals have never seen like he he killed his fish and he was showing some locals and they like they haven't seen one come out of here this big in 25 years you know stupid stuff like mm-hmm. that that just mm-hmm. drives me insane yeah and, and yeah. this this guy was a air quote outdoor writer that knew everything mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. you know outdoor writers are bad but uh i just use that as an just to help define that that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about but he makes a profession out of it yeah you would expect them to kind of not use mini methuselah yeah that's that's terrible but he should know that that's bad writing yeah that's that's wild that's a little bit jumping overboard with that stuff but you know nick nicknames in the game are are fun nicknames for fish nicknames for the baits we have tons of nicknames for the baits i have what about yeah uh, nicknames for the baits nicknames for specific yeah specific fish you know snub nose yep i had one it wasn't a muskie but i called it stupid the pike Mm-hmm. I literally, mm-hmm. that was the name I used because I caught it like three times in a summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just said it has to be pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. And it was all, yeah. each time I caught it was in this triangle that probably encompassed less than an eighth of an acre. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I could pinpoint every time I caught it. I caught it out of the boat twice in the bank once. Wow. Yeah. The nicknames are fun. Nicknames are fun. Nicknames for your buddies in the boats, anything. And like your buddies yeah. behind their backs. Sure, yeah. Yep. It happens in the game. But yeah, that's the power rankings. We're going to get into the topic. Thanks for sending in your submissions. We'll get you involved this latter part of the year here. All right. Well, at least we talked about some fishing because now we're we talked about 47 minutes of, fi- of fishing. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Well, we're going to kind of make this one into. You know, uh, uh, maybe part one of two, a uh, hunting. Yeah, we we had discussed previously that we're going to just try to limit the hunting down to like one one show. But this is also kind of like a half a show, like Vance's bestest weekend or Big V's bestest weekend show. Um, 
Big V nickname. Yeah, see. There we go. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> that is just yeah, we should have thought of that one for sure. Or, you know, going along with nicknames, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. How about like awesome catch sayings like banging fish baby? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I said it this show. Anyways. <laughs> um, you did it. I, I didn't want to forget it. <laughs> Hashtag it. <laughs> so, anyways, um, to kind of continue with Big V's bestest weekend... We also, Vance went with myself and my father down to Kentucky. We, we, uh, this is my second year hunting with this outfitter. It is Whitetail Heaven Outfitters. And uh, I'd probably say they're one of the biggest outfitters in the country, or at least in Nor- maybe even North America. For whitetails. Primarily a whitetail outfitter. Fair chase, you know, no fences, none of that stuff. Um, well, they're encompassing what... We're getting into three states now. Three states for whitetails, four states for turkeys. They have wow. their average. That, that's sort of interesting. I'd like to go shoot some turkeys. Well, you can get. Well, for turkeys, they do Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. Oh, wow. Oh, they go to Florida. No kidding. Yeah, and I. I, I Osceola's. Yep. I think they're called. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn. What they might also be offering in Florida, from what I'm mm-hmm. hearing, but I'm not going to say it on the show because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true. Um, we are not paid by them. We are not asked by them to mention their name. I'm mentioning their name because I've had two years of positive experiences. So, anyways, um, this was after Vance. Vance shot his his buck. October 30th, and we left on the 10th of November to head down to essentially where we stayed because they have multiple lodges. They, they're they advertising that they have leased 50,000 acres over these states. And uh, we chose to stay in the North Lodge, which is actually in Aberdeen, Ohio, which borders the Ohio River. You cross the Ohio River, you're in Kentucky. And I did this strategically because I had a plan this year and my plan was to if I shot a buck in Kentucky I was going to take my bow and hunt Ohio on his leases there so anyways we um, we leave the 10th the Friday we get down to the lodge and initially it was a little overwhelming there was a lot of hunters there lots lots of hunters um they have enough land to absorb it. I never once felt crowded anywhere. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of acres per hunter. You never felt crowded hunting? Never felt crowded hunting, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vance, how many shots did you hear, you think? Man, maybe like six. Yeah, it's it, there's just... Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's there's just... It's, it's rough terrain there. It is... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's that little area there, northern Kentucky, southern Ohio, West Virginia. It's that mountainous, Pittsburgh-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So, I really enjoyed it because, you, you know, you kind of got the hike. Nice little hike before you would get to your stand, if you were willing to do that. Uh, so, you kind of got that. I'm out there doing the real thing kind of feel, you know. I'm out there. I'm in, in the middle of nowhere. Literally, you're in the middle of nowhere. If you're not on top of a mountain, 
you're not having cell service as Vance found out the first day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, no matter how high up in the tree stand you are and whether it's swaying five feet to the left or right or front or back, it still was not picking up any service. Yeah, so it it's it's weird because I'm so used to being like, where did you see the deer? Oh, by this tree. Okay, I know exactly where that was. Or I shoot a deer. I'm like, I know where it fell. You know, something you, you're when you're familiar with your hunting area, things just make sense. But when you get dropped off in the dark and they're like, yeah, walk this way for a long ways and you'll find your tree stand. And you're like, okay. And it's not like you're like, well, hold my hand. It's okay. I'm going to try and go and do it. Well, I'll tell my story. I got to get it. Got to get it out there. So, um, we get to the hunting spot and the guide instructs Vance where to go. We go to the next, you know, these leases, some of these leases could be 1500 acres and they're going to put five guys on them or something. So, I don't know the exact size of the lease that we were on. But so we drop Vance off and he kind of gives instructions and we drive around the mountain to the other side. And that's where like the, the other guys and myself are going to get dropped off. So my father's like has a stand that's like 150 yards from like where the trucks are. And the guy's like, do you want to go down here where the big buck was shot last year? And I was actually close enough to hear that shot go off and i'm like well what's the other stand he goes well it's kind of a walk i'm like well i'm up for it and it was cold that morning very yeah it was they had a nice hard frost and i was dressed accordingly for sitting in a stand and he's like well you're just going to go right up that path and you know look on the right and it's it's a walk so be prepared okay i'm not a pansy i'll do this Mm -hmm. and uh so i start walking I guess maybe I wasn't paying very good attention where he was pointing, but it was <laughs> up a mountain. Yes. Yes, Vance Vance ended up Vance can confirm. I'm not gonna do anything else beyond that. So I'm climbing up this mountain and I, I I'm using my light as sparingly as possible because I'm hunting deer. It's deer season. I don't wanna be that guy that's flinging around, you know, a thousand lumen flashlight trying to find my stand though hindsight it probably would have saved me a lot of heartache um (laughs) so i end up getting up to the top of this mountain and i'm like well he says it's a far walk so i keep walking and uh for the sake of the show i'm gonna take the blame i did not i passed my tree stand and i i kept walking because the path was still there and no no big deal just turn around yeah well pretty much yeah so i kept walking and i i got to a y in the road and i said well i don't see any lighted tacks this way that you know reflecting tacks i'm gonna go left it looks like more of a trail so then i keep going i get to another fork in the road i'm like well straight means i climb to the very top of the mountain left means i go around the other side i said well it's probably on the side of this mountain over here so I go left for a while till the trail runs out. And I said, oh, maybe it's up the mountain. So I turn around <laughs> and I climb up to the top of the mountain. 
And I look around, I said, there's no tree stand here. It's still dark, right? <laughs> it's starting to get light, and I'm starting to not, get, I mean, start to get annoyed. You're yes, steaming. Yes. And Literally. I'm, I'm, I'm soaked <laughs> because I just climbed a mountain that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> now, I had on my underlayer, then I have like a mid-layer, then I have my bibs, I have my Belichick. The, the I, Belichick was in there, I'm sure. The yep. Belichick, yep. I had my, my double-layer coat. <laughs> then I had, um, under my double-layer coat was the safety harness that they require you to have when you go in the tree stands. I had my backpack that was way overpacked with everything, and I had my <laughs> rifle slung. So all of this stuff that's really tight to your body... I was soaked underneath all my layers. That scent-free shower I did, all the ozone that I pounded into my tote, it doesn't matter at this point. Worthless once you get I there. I smell like a boy's <laughs> locker room. <laughs> so I get to the top of this mountain, and I start texting the guide like, You have great cell phone signal at this point. I, I Yes, I have good cell signal. And um, I'm trying to save Todd right now perfect okay so i get to the like this i'm like i so i start getting i said where is this stand and i think in some of my text i, I might have been irrational saying whoever marked this trail you've got to find them and kick them in the nuts <laughs> i sent that text to the guide <laughs> so i climbed down the mountain and i'm like maybe it was the first why so then i walk i walk down that you know further down i go down this why and I'm just like, it's not here. Well, I wonder why this thing's doing that. Anyways, so I finally get the idea to text the guide saying, get me the contact for the guy who marked this 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 path. So he does that. I mean, he, he's doing his best he can. And so I call him, and he's like, okay, so where are you at? And I'm like, so I actually... Um, when I called him, I was at the very top of the mountain before I climbed back down. And I, I took a, whatever, iPhone maps screenshot of my exact pin location. I sent it to him uh, as like, a, you know, in a text. And so then I, anyway, so I, I'm talking to the guy and he's like, well, you got to go to the top. And I'm like, I'm at the top. I can't go any higher. The dirt runs out. I'm the highest point now other than the trees. And uh, he's like, well, I, I'm, I'm messing some stuff up here. I climb down the top of the mountain, talk to him. Then I, he's like, go up to the top. So I get up to the top. I call him then. He's like, you got to get to the top. I said, I'm at the top. And he's like, oh, I think you passed it. Well, thanks. Now I'm at the top. I stripped down to my base <laughs> layers. My whole back looked like it looked like they dumped a big five-gallon thing of Gatorade yeah. all down me. And I'm just like, I'm soaked. By this time, it's well into shooting light. It's past my Se oh, seconds or everything. I mean, this is the first day of rifle. And it's the only day that was going to have this hard frost. The deer have been moving hard. And here I am wandering around lost on the top of this mountain. <laughs> you probably weren't even on the lease anymore. I, I hope to God I was. Yeah. So I didn't see any posted signs, and I didn't hear banjos, so I'm good. Yeah. But you 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 passed it by. Well, I got I finally. He's like you passed it, so I come back down and I see exactly where my mistake happened, 
and I would have saved a lot. So I get into the tree at eight o'clock. I started walking at six. Oh jeez. So oh jeez. I spent two hours climbing up and down a mountain, and my legs were shot. It's Be- bright as hell out right now. Oh, without it, yeah. And see, the funny thing is, is like I was texting. I, I started like a group text with Vance and my dad, so we all could communicate. Vance didn't have cell service, so he had no idea what was going on. Nope. So, yeah, so <laughs> I get in the stand. Luckily, it was a really nice ladder stand. Very nice. It was a double, but it had like a double like uh, slung nylon seat. And I'm like, this is comfortable. I'm like, this ain't so bad. So I just get set up, and I'm like, I'm going to take 10 minutes just to decompress here because I was not a happy camper at that point. I was now getting very cold. And um, on a positive note, I plugged in my little toe warmers that I made, and my toes got nice and toasty. I guess for being soaking wet, they were warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my feet took a whoop in this this weekend. So, um, so I'm sitting up there, and probably I don't know. Well, I get in the stand, and there's a doe. I can't find where she is, and she is just blowing her heads out. Just non-stop like warning signals I'm like i don't know where you're at just leave mm-hmm. like almost i should climb down and chase her away like, because there's a big stink <laughs> man in here yeah but i can't see her i can't find her i'm like this is i'm out of my element i don't know where i'm at i just spent two hours running up and down this hill i'm shocked that there's even a deer around here yeah <laughs> well so as i'm decompressing i pull out my phone again and i i hop on the maps and I, since I dropped a pin where I was at on top of the mountain, I'm like, well, let's just see. Give me directions. And I was 1.2 miles from the from the summit of that mountain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so for everybody, it, it's about a mile hike in up up a, a very steep grade of a hill to get to this stand. I would not stop a four-wheeler on this trail and try to get going again. I would I would be afraid to roll it backwards. Yeah. So it's very steep. And These are steeper than where than than where I'm hunting down there, and I, I, mean, I mean not not really. It was just very consistent to get to this elevation to, to yeah. where to yeah. where it where it was, and there was a lot of funnel areas in the area that went up and yeah. down from that stand. But a mile in bypasses it by a mile, and then comes and back then down I, I a mile. <laughs> so Andy does essentially a five k. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did more than a 5K because I went up and down that peak twice. Oh, okay. So, well, I, mean, okay, I probably so went more... three extra miles before I found the stand. Okay, so you, you you hiked like four four some miles in the morning. Probably fully dressed for the cold mm-hmm. in a ladder stand. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, and, uh, you know. It, Things are not looking good at this point. It gets better. It does get better. So I'm sitting there. it gets better. So that doe finally runs away, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, it's time to get unpacked. It's going to be a long day because the most challenging hunt I've ever been on was hunting essentially the same lease the year prior and just being mentally prepped for sitting in this stand all day long. I can do it in my, my elevated towers because it's easy. I have a place to walk. Should I need to go, you know, stretch or something i can do it you're in a ladder stand what are you going to do so i'm sitting there and it's like 8 20 8 25 i just got done shuffling my stuff around and i just happened to look over my left where i just got done like 
rolling this stink bomb of a body down this hill, and there's a doe standing there in bow range. And it, it was crispy, crunchy leaves. I'm like, I don't even need to have my eyes open for this. So I can hear these things. That thing came in like a ghost. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, I saw a deer. And she kind of comes off from behind me, runs parallel with my eyesight down this one drainage. Like this, yeah, I'd call it a drainage. And, yeah, that's neat. Then a few minutes later, a little six-point, running right down her trail. I'm like, oh, that's cool. A few minutes later, I'm like, oh, look at that. There's a buck and a little fawn. No, it's not a shooter buck. And it gets kind of like at my 9 o'clock, and I'm like, I might as well see what this is. And I pull my scope up on it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's a shooter. <laughs> because it's tough with those oak leaves to actually pick up what the antlers are. Mm-hmm. You're probably like looking at the brow tines or something. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to shoot this. It went from like, there's a buck, who who cares, it's not big enough, to like, I'm going to be pulling the trigger right now. And it gets to where I'm like, get out from behind that tree. It's the classic. Its neck is like, it was walking the same path as the doe. And... It gets to where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is not a 80 inch eight point that I thought it was. This is a, I can see ten. It's a big ten, and I'm like, this is like I just passed there. Well, the wind was blowing the uphill. He hit my 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 scent trail. He stopped. He threw his head up, and I'm like, oh please don't do this. I need one more step, and. That thing turned around and went from zero to top speed in one leap. And I'm like, how did this just happen? Well, I look at the other deer that's now looking at the tail of this deer running. And I'm like, oh, that's a spike. So almost instantly, I went from like, this is the worst thing ever to there's a doe, there's a six point, there's a spike, and there's a shooter. And um, I'm trying to help figure this stuff out so i'm like well that sucks and i started sending out text because from what i saw it um i i texted out like a 20 inch 10 point with junk on it because that's what i saw in those in those seconds that i saw it so then i'm sitting there i'm like man that might be my shot i just blew my opportunity but did you have a shot at that deer at this moment no i had a shot as soon as I saw, I mean, I could have made. So a you sh- think you, you 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 you're at this point you're thinking, man, I could have shot it right there. There we go. I could have shot it right there. Not where it stopped, but had I realized what it was instantly. But you're 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 playing this in your head. I could have shot. That probably was my chance. That well, was it. I was a big buck, and I I could have shot. No, because I, I was not down on the fact that. I, I did not have a clean shot at the deer when I recognized what it was and when I had the gun up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not bummed out at all about that, but I'm just like, That's, you start playing that in your head, you're sure, like, yeah. because you, anytime someone's like, yeah, I didn't have a shot at the deer, I, I always think I'm like, I could have made a shot. Well, that's what you, that's, I know that, that's damn, human nature. Damn well <laughs> what you thought when that big eight point was in front of me out of, out of the turtle blind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't see the damn thing. I know it's a big deer though mm-hmm. you know yeah because you you always ask the but i'm know. sitting there i'm sitting there in that stand like playing that back in my head like that was my chance 
oh, shit. And, and you, you're, you're sitting there just swimming in it. You're bathing in this, like, what could I have done different, whatever. I'm just oh, like, yeah. first off, I didn't take it serious when I first saw the deer. Then when I finally, like, asked. Eh, I don't blame you. I, I mean, I you're, was, you're drenched and you're, like, I just. My mind wasn't in a good place. You're in the zone here. You're probably, <laughs> you probably are, like, hallucinating almost, like. Are these, is this what I, I'm in? Just this deer heaven right now. There's deer just walking around, and I'm yeah. There's clouds my ass is kicked. I've just hiked four miles, and I'm sweating and frozen. Yeah. So, I guess had I take, I'm, I was sloppy in the stand too. I'm like, well, let's just see this deer. So I grabbed the gun, all exaggerated, just <laughs> swing it around. <laughs> yeah, I fire off a shot in the air. <laughs> so. You know, but I th- there was just no shot. There was legitimately no shot. I even took a picture of where it was at, and I'm just like, yeah, see through all these trees, it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Could I have fired one into his neck? Yeah, I probably could have. I could have hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. That's that, I didn't want to do that, though. So I had seen some does coming and going and whatever. In front of me, I'm like, where are all these deer coming from? Because I just got done fireballing this whole hill, and... Uh, so then, I don't know, right around 10 o'clock-ish, off from my right, this like little saddled area, thicket, this doe comes busting out of there, and just the way the lay of the land is, when it's straight in front of me, it went behind this knoll, and it came out the other side, and, I, and she stopped, so I put the gun on her, and I'm like, well, let's just see what she's all about, and I'm like, ooh, her mouth is open and her tongue is hanging out, well, I'm just going to relocate this gun over to the right. So I just was there. I'm like, okay, any second now. You're not running for no reason. And here coming through the bushes, I'm like, there's a deer. And it's it's jigging and jogging through all this. And it, at one point, come out of the thick stuff and was running right at me. And I'm going to show Vance what I saw because I have the rack sitting here. I just gave the story away. But the biggest thing I saw when it was running was it's right side these three you could easily see that there was three up. Mm-hmm. Easily see, and there's good time length. So this deer's running at me, and I'm like, okay, you're not going to stop because your girlfriend is way ahead of you. i got to pick a spot where you're going to be predictable and shoot you. So I knew it was going to hang a right. So I just picked a spot in front. I'm like, this is a clearing. I had the crosshairs right there. And as soon as I saw Brown by the crosshair, I yanked that trigger. And I saw it pick its left leg up because I hit it on the left side. And it just kept running, you know, at its pace. It wasn't running. It was doing the love trot. And it disappeared behind that knoll, and I heard crashing. And at least I thought I did. So then I sent out a text (laughs) to two people. One was... Todd, but first I texted my wife the the text that I love to send, the BBD. And after I send that and stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. I'm there, I'm like, did I even hit that thing? I don't even know if it's a BBD. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if I shot it. I know I pulled the trigger and the gun went bang, because it wasn't like, oh, I tumbled it, or its, it's leg went up, and it was it did like the, you know, the wheelbarrow where it's just pushing its yeah. chest along. I, nothing like that. I'm like, oh. So I, I call the guide and I tell him. And I'm like, because they don't really want you walking around the woods like I had done for two hours. 
for for reasons they don't want you scaring the deer away. So I I kind of luckily the wind was the right way. So anyways, he's like, "Well, go down and try go to the spot where you where you where you shot and try to find blood." So I get down out of this stand that I just spent 2 hours in and for an hour and a half I was pouting and for the first uh, 30 minutes I was sitting there just like trying to like cool off and then regain my heat and I just wasn't all there anyway so I get down and I, I, I start walking I'm like okay time to look for blood and I'm you know I had to send some text I'm like wait I think I shot it to, to my wife and Todd I'm like I don't know yet Let, give me a minute so right now I'm on this roller coaster and I'm like okay where did I shoot it I get down the ground I'm like I don't even know where I'm at I have no idea which opening I shot it. I just spent two hours in this place going back to my story of, oh, you shot it by this tree, then it's probably over here. I have yeah. no landmark or I have no history in this spot. So I'm like, well, it'd probably be easier for me to go where it crashed. Now, it's all like oak leaves on the ground that all kind of have the same color of blood. And I'm like, well, let's just go over here, over here. And I just kind of crest this little area and I look down. I'm like, huh. I did hit it, and it's dead right there. <laughs> so then I go down to it. I snap a photo, and I call the guide. I said, hey, I got, I got it. It's dead. It's right here. So my guide probably thought I was going to be like this awful client that just complains and can't find his way and some you know thumb sucker. And here I just I, I, I plowed one two hours into the stand, which I, <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say I think that first deer that I saw, that first shooter, was the deer I shot, but I have no way of knowing because of the, the, the way the circumstances are so i then wait like an hour and a half for the guide to show up on the side by side because there ain't no dragging this deer out i i could it's barely huge. walk to it i could barely walk to it and you know the guide got there he had two helpers with him and i said i hate to do this to you guys i'm not pulling this deer at all i can barely walk up this hill because my, my legs were shredded <laughs> So, you know, we had to do the whole photo thing because, you know, this, this is a bigger outfit. They, they, like, they like to have that stuff, nice photos. They had, like, all these cameras going and stuff like that. And uh, so there, you know, I, I got my big deer on the ground. And come to find out later, the guides all had, like, a bet going. That I, I don't know how much they threw in into the pot. But the first client to shoot a buck that was not a penalty buck because um, they they have standards for leases, um, gets the pot and apparently, I was the first one. Ten o'clock first day, I should have got it done at eight thirty. Very cool. But but I mean <laughs> after cool. my rough morning and stuff like that, so we get down this hill, we get the deer loaded up, we get down the hill. My dad wanted to see it, so he came out of his stand. He saw it, loaded up in the truck. I call up the owner of, of the outfit. We uh, figured out the details we needed to figure out, and I left there, stopped at a gas station in Ohio, picked up an Ohio license, got my crossbow together, and by 2.30, 3 o'clock that same day, I was hunting a stand in Ohio. And I finished the day out there. I ended up hunting three and a half days in Ohio. It was... It, it was cool. I didn't shoot one in Ohio, but it was just the plan worked out for, for myself to get one early in Kentucky and then try to do some archery hunting 
And I will say this, it sucked going from a rifle to the crossbow. And anyone out there that's saying, well, you shoot a crossbow, this and that, it sucks if you're not in a tower where you don't have to hold this thing or try to fashion a hook to have this thing hanging. Mm-hmm. They are completely... Bulky. They're bulky. They're, they're cumbersome. They're cumbersome. Yes. They're just terrible. Yes. But there is a convenience. You pick it up and you shoot it, but they're heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, I, I was all over the place in Ohio, and uh, but I, I had. I mean, good- all that all that misfortune paid off. I mean, unbelievable buck that unbelievable rack I'm looking at right now yeah. holding. Uh, it's it, it's like a low 150 class deer. Yeah, big Un- unbelievable. Biggest buck I've ever shot. Second biggest I've ever seen in the wild. So so neat. It's awesome. So <laughs> so I get done shooting a deer out of that stand. And then dad's like, I'll go up in that stand. So they threw him on the side-by-side and took him up there. And um, that he went and hunted up there. I don't know if he saw anything else the rest of the day up there. I, I can't recall. And anyway, so that's my story. Vance, then you... Uh, you Nobody you, heard from me that first day. I, no. I, got, I got dropped off in the morning, and it was kind of just go in this direction and find your stand well. Uh, you found the stand. I didn't. I, I wasn't in the right stand. I well, found you found a, a stand. stand. That's what I tried. I to. found a stand after you I found some hillbilly stand. You were in a stand. You're lucky you didn't show up. I honestly, uh, because I walked by this like <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre house <laughs> that looked like half a flea market and like old ceramic cats and like really <laughs> odd things. Like, I was just like, oh my god, like almost makes you want to turn the safety off when you're walking through the woods and uh, but I, I know that house because i hunted this lease the year before and i mean some of these driveways i mean it's your driveway for god's sakes make it not rain rutted out to where you'd lose the front end of a truck it's a ford baby <laughs> it'll make it <laughs> but I mean, yeah. some of these places are really really rough it's, it's just it's the roads rough. to get to them it was crazy. I walked in. But there's someone that lives there. I don't know. There is somebody that lives there. God bless them. Um, I find this this stand, and, uh, you know, I'm green in this game. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's a lock-on, yeah? Yeah. Lock-on, clamp-on. Mm-hmm. It's ones that you chain to the tree, and then you're kind of just, you know, you use, like, climbing sticks, or you... Um, you, you you screw in those pegs, whatever, and you, you climb up the tree very close. It's not a ladder stand. Yeah. It's it's about thirty foot off the ground. <laughs> and it's it's very, very high. And uh I've never been in one. And it was a good learning experience. Mm-hmm. So I get there, it's pitch black. I climb the thing. Uh it was really, you know, like a real nice ladder initially to get up, but then it turned into like the sticks and they weren't, they were like spaced unevenly. And, uh, that was very interesting. And I, I get up onto the stand and the seat's down and I'm like, well, how am I going to get into this thing? And I'm like hanging off of this tree in like, not with two feet on the same, mm-hmm. you know, stick. And I have to like barrel roll into this little lock on, and I get in there safe. And I, and I had, I think I had my, I had, I had carried my rifle up, 
But I'm also shimmying up this thing I'm cl- I'm clamped to for safety. They they, they have a a fall pr- you know a a rope that has like this I don't even know what the knot is, but you hook your safety harness up to it and you have to shimmy this knot up every time you take a step because should you fall while climbing up, you're not you're only going to fall whatever four feet until your safety harness catches you and then yeah then you figure it out from there i've never done it so definitely not enough hands at that point um <laughs> but i get in and i'm sitting in there I'm, I'm i'm finally safe uh and i mean i think i was in that stand for 13 hours and i'm sitting there and there's not i i just basically have my rifle on on my lap and i don't have anywhere else to go it's a lock on anybody that hunts is you could stand up, but it's very unnerving because mm-hmm. it's like cantilevered off of the tree. Yeah, and especially because to the, the to the right of me uh, was a cliff that was probably about a 60, <laughs> 60 foot to uh, fall. <laughs> so you were like the equivalent of ninety feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah, and uh, which was really nice. It was bitter cold, and um, it was very windy. And the tree, the tree was just swaying like crazy, and I'm just kind of like rocking there and getting like syncope. I'm like so dizzy, just sitting there because things are moving that are not supposed to be moving. Um, and I don't see a deer, and I'm also out of cell service. And uh, now, d- around ten o'clock, did you hear my shot? Possibly, possibly. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to bring up because. We talked about how many hunters there were. My dad was over the cliff, which when I say like where I was at, they're like, there's rock cliffs. I'm like, okay, when I didn't see him climbing up. I I was thinking when I shot that deer that I I heard it crash. I'm like, that thing could have been running down this mountain. Yeah. And and there were sheer rock faces. Mm -hmm. So I asked, I said, did you hear me shoot? Because I texted him. He's like, no. And I'm like, you're just you're just down underneath me. You're not you're not that far as the bird flies. Yeah. But you know, you're you are a good distance away from me. And he's like, No, I didn't hear you. So no one on that lease actually heard me shoot. Well, they may have heard a gunshot, but they weren't like, Oh, somebody got one on the lease. Mm-hmm. So just Yeah. I I sat up there and it was it was a bit unnerving, uh, the entire day, just because I mean, a lock on for thirteen hours is insane in that in that weather. But I just kind of bit the bullet, and I'm like, "This is hunting. This is what this I'm is su- hunting. This is what I'm supposed <laughs> to do." He just got done, you know, fully guided at my at my dad's place, and half a day, all these bucks later, one on the ground, Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, but I it was fine. I mean, I didn't complain about it i get out of the stand and like finally back in cell phone range and i don't know where if anybody's coming to get me or that really wasn't discussed and i get (laughs) i get back to the end of the trail and i'm like finally in some type of cell service and i get like 150 texts i have no idea if anybody's coming to get me so i start walking down this road like (laughs) two miles into this town and i'm like help me I got a gun. <laughs> People like somebody stopped with a truck and they were like, "Hey boy, you lost." And I was like, ah, "God." 
<laughs> I like had, I the, gun, I had the, the gun right on me. I was like, these guys are going to kill me. Well, I remember at, I, I had just got, a, you know, I was at my truck at the Ohio lease that I was at. And I got this call from this number that, that said something Kentucky. And I'm like, I better answer this one. And, it, and, and it's like, hey, Andy, it's Vance. I'm like, when did you get a Kentucky number? <laughs> He's like, is my guy going to come get me? I'm like, I would hope so. I, I think at that point you had no idea that I'd shot a deer. No, I didn't. I'm back here in Pennsylvania, and I know exactly, I know everything that's happened. But Andy did say, there's been no word from Vance. It's going to be a long day for him. Oh. No one's heard from Vance. He can't get out. I was, I was lost. You know, I walked down that road, walked back. You had some hillbillies tree stand. He's lucky he didn't come. I know. On his tree. That that was just an insane first day. My butt was kicked from being up there and being in the in the weather. It was chilly. For, for not really expending any calories for the majority of the day. You are drained. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So day two comes along. I'm, I'm out of the picture. I'm off the lease. And, I, yeah, I, Andy's like, yeah, it was a really nice. I, I hear the story Andy just told, and we were all pumped, and we took some really nice pictures and stuff. And Andy tells me about the stand. He's like, it's a double tree stand. I was like, there's two seats. Not just one. Not just one. But two. And it's an actual seat. And it's a ladder. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, just put me there. I want to go there. I'm like, it's a far walk. I'm prepping you right now. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, when you see the rusted out porch swing, you went too far. Because mm-hmm. there was... Ac- Why was there a rusted out porch swing on the top of this mountain? Who? For, first off, why? And second off... Who would do that? Yeah, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff. <laughs> I've I found so many crazy things running around those hills in Kentucky and you know, on going on those shed hunts and stuff that I'm just like how does this get did, out here? How does it get here? Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. thought it was a good idea? I take that about a mile mile hike in up the up the hill and they're like uh pace yourself because it's long. Well I just I just went fast. Yeah, he he wind sprinted up it, but he also had the he had the intel for me to not get dressed at the bottom. Mm. Fully, I was pretty dressed. I was just everything was open. It's always it's nerve wracking getting ready for a hunt, <laughs> having all that stuff. You know, you want things to be easily you know accessible, and you don't want to make all this noise and stuff when you get to the stands and stuff. And. Mm. I was walking in. I got up there real fast and was sweating decent, but I, I was somewhat comfortable. And and uh, you had leg room. Did the uh, did the Woolworths jacket make it on this trip at all? Not for that. Not for that hunt. Not for this trip. Okay. I didn't hunt long. Um. And I blew up like a there. There was a bunch of dough that I walked in on. And and they were just like screaming like danger, danger, danger as I was walking up. And that kind of sucked. You don't want to hear that. But in order to get mm-hmm. to the stand, you have to go through essentially what you're hunting. And it's this like thicket in this saddle of this mountain. Yeah. I was like, God damn. <clears throat> but I did that. 
you know, a couple weeks ago and shot a buck. So I kind of let that, just let it ride, you know. Hunting's hunting. You try to be as sloppy, as as little sloppy as you can, you know. But you're still human. Yeah. So, so I get up there. I sit in this stand. It's unbelievable after what I sat in, in the in the day before for 13 hours it is relaxing i feel like i'm back in an elevated blind at andy's it's so comfortable i got my pack to the right of me i'm sitting on the other seat rest the rifle right up on the shooting rail i think it was like a river's edge or something right yeah i wanted to try to remember what it was i river's edge big game or i think it might be a muddy a muddy or something but yeah those are like the big three that this outfit runs it was nice and it looked you know deery and stuff and just like a nice area and andy had shot a deer there the day before and i'm like man i could care less right now i'd sit here until the end of the hunt because i am just in heaven right now comfortable Mm -hmm. and uh you know a little bit more about that stand to your like two o'clock to to, 12 12 noon is straight out in front and it kind of comes to like a, a point and then it drops off on all sides. To the right of that side is a very thick, uh, they call it a thicket. I mean, you could barely see through these things. A really, really good cover for deer, but by no means could you fit any type of bullet through there. It, except, you know, if you're very lucky. Wouldn't be the best shot. To the left, it's pretty much like straight. There's a drop off and it comes back up onto this other point of a hill. Uh, you know, so you're sitting out at 12 o'clock. Is that that point it goes off to the left uh and drops off over a hill and comes up on another side of a hill uh which is you know probably like a 100 to 200 yards of another point that you're essentially sitting on if you were to cross section this it would be like a sine wave Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's up and down it's appalachian mountain stuff to the to the back of me to about Nine o'clock is all thick woods. Yeah, from like nine o'clock to six o'clock, branches everywhere. It just, you know, yeah. You, I mean, you don't. You, it, it, it's it's real hunting woods. There's not shooting lanes. There's nothing. You're just out there on a stand. And the day goes goes by, and I don't see anything. I hear, I hear a lot of squirrels, and I, I hear some things over in this thicket, and. uh I'm like, oh, there's something bigger, you know. But it's definitely not like crunch, 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 like a deer moving. It's three giant, like giant turkeys. One of them's a giant ton. (laughs) (laughs) And and I have the scope up, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, damn. I was like, but that's a giant turkey. I see those twice. Just to fast forward through it, I get down out of the stand. I stretched my legs. I guess that was sloppy. I took a leak. Sloppy. Don't care. I'm in heaven. And around, I don't know, I guess it would be like 357-ish. Not to be too specific. But this is pretty specific. Uh, (laughs) I'm looking over and and I, I see a deer. And it comes up through this very thick wooded area around 9 o'clock. Well, I was talking about how it would be tough to fit a bullet through. And I'm like, there's a deer. It's on the move. It's just it's just very, very fast-paced strut. 
and I see three up. And I'm like, that's a 10 point. That's a shooter. And it's it's moving like crazy. And I, I glance at all these wooded trees and sticks and limbs and stuff. And uh, I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to, you know, pop out right here. There's like a V right in the trees. I think I could fit something through here. With so so this, this V in the tree, it's in between you and the target. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so you're going to be like trying to sling a bullet through the gap, mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon style. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if I'm looking out at noon, this V in the tree is probably at 7 o'clock. So it's 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 well behind it's you. It's well behind me. So I position myself really awkwardly in this stand. And I reach back and I put the scope right on there. And uh, I'm like, man, if it, as soon as it turns brown, I'm pulling the trigger. And sure as hell, it turned brown. And I fire a shot. I can't believe it. Everything's silent. And I see, I pull my head back from the scope. And I see the the deer kick up its two hind legs and just take off like, crazy fast uh over continuing in that direction out of sight just took off i couldn't believe it i'm like man i swear i i swear i hit that thing i i i can't tell right now it's silent you just have a you know gun go off in your ear and the deer is gone and i'm like looking and i'm shaking and i can't believe it I it think I missed it. Zero to a hundred mm-hmm. instantly. So so fast. Such, That's such a rush. Um, and it's gone. And I'm just sitting there. And Andy's dad texted me immediately, and he was like, "Well, oh, so he heard you." Yeah, and I was like, uh, "I shot." <laughs> I didn't hear this part. Yeah, I was like, "I shot," and he's like, "He called me. He's like, okay, don't, don't." Don't get get out of the stand. Do you see the deer? I was like, no, it took off. He's like, okay. He's like, shit. I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) It ran away. He's like, don't get. He's like, don't get. Don't get down. You might, you know, run it off. And I really want to get out of the stand and go find this thing, or just see what the hell happened. That's what. Yeah, I I know why the guides don't want you to get down and look for stuff Mm -hmm. because. It's just, oh, I gut shot this thing. I'm gonna go get it. But if you yeah. go trespass, yeah, sure. You know, you you just you don't know. So <laughs> I'm I'm like, we're we're talking, and and I I just like I'm gonna call you back. I text the guy I shot, and he it, we kind of go over the same thing, and I'm just like I'm gonna get off the phone. And I lower everything down and and in, in, uh, out of the stand. And I get down, and I'm like I'm gonna go and see if. I'm going to go and try to find blood where I th- believe I shot this deer. And it is through... I mean, this is... It, if this happened, it's a crazy shot. By far the best shot I've made. It'll be tough to top, probably. Um, it was incredible. I was all contorted in the stand, and, you know, it was just unbelievable. I I walk up to the place... I finally find it. But when you hit that ground, everything looks so much different from being 20 foot in the air. Uh, you know, it's just walking on new terrain again. You have no idea. And I'm just like, man, I try and, and go and look for the where I shot it. You, you look for the V in the tree, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's it could be there. 13 feet up in the air. Yeah, it's not there. And so I start walking it off. 
and I pass it up initially, but then I find some blood. And I took a picture of it, and I immediately sent it out, and uh, I sent it to Andy's dad. I sent it to Todd, and I said, it looks lungy. Uh, lungy lungy blood. I, I, I need to i need to make this note i was in the same position that vance was in it was cell service i went to a different place way in ohio that had zero service mm-hmm. i had no idea what was going on i actually threw my phone into airplane mode mm-hmm. to save battery yeah. so okay i knew you were kind of out of commission because we texted throughout the day and you didn't respond um so I find it there, and I'm just like, wow. I was like, okay, I, fi- I find it. I get back on the phone. I'm like, he called me again. I'm like, yeah, it looks like lungs, yada, yada, yada. I think I put a good shot on it. I saw the legs kick, and I'm looking at, like, lung material, but it's not bleeding that bad. I find a little drop here, a little drop there, yada, yada, yada. About 50 yards away, I see another big lung blood stain, but then I kind of lose the blood trail because these – Oak leaves are still a little bit red. They're brown. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to pick it up. So I'm like, oh, there's blood. No, wait, that is, that's just a leaf. And uh, I track this thing. Like it, it's just incredible uh, how far this thing ran. Um, and I find another big blood pile, and I find a disturbance in the leaves with some some mud kicked up and whatnot. And I look down, and this thing kind of fell into a drainage area which was about like probably 20 feet down uh from where i was standing and it it had ran probably about 200 yards before it crashed and i finally look up and i i'm looking in this funnel and i and i kind of just i'm like following it all the way until it drops off 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 the mountain i finally find this buck laying there with his head kicked up kind of tilted off the ground a little bit different than what we're used to in pa the the rack was holding its cheek off the ground. The, yeah, the rack was holding its cheek off the ground, which was incredible. I took a picture of it. I ran up to it, and that was just, uh, you know, I mean, if you're a hunter, you know that that feeling. It's just so neat going up and, and seeing that deer mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, grabbing the rack for the first time. And you're just like, wow, this is incredible. It was the biggest buck I've ever shot. You know, I double lunged the thing through an insane amount of trees. And that thing took off like mad with a rifle. Um, you know, next time I'm, I'm going to aim more front shoulder or try to, but that was so fast. Well, when they're moving, you have, how can your brain even calculate? I know. You know, how long did it take for you to pull the trigger, firing pin to hit the primer, yeah. ignite, bullet travel? Yeah. But all this, all this tracking stuff, you know, while you're doing this, you're just like, man, I... It might not be dead. I you might, immediately I, I might that this it's thing's going to jump up, you know, and just run off, and I'm going to lose this deer forever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I found the deer. It was crazy. Uh, I mean, what an experience. Unbelievable. I, I, I still think about, I think about it. I can't wait until I get the rack back. But. Well, the, the funny thing is, is that Vance has two deer at the taxidermist right now. Mm-hmm. My 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 cape is at the taxidermist. I have the antlers sitting here, but yeah. Um, the the thing is, is that even my rack, my deer was older, so I, I had a bigger, heavier rack. Vance's buck would have been an absolute stud in another year or two. Not that it was a slouch right now, 
it, it just it, it has a lot of characteristics of my buck. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And uh, the body wise, I mean, you compare them. It's like my deer might be just an average deer that got old. Mm-hmm. And and Vance's was just hot on the heels. It's just it's really unique to see that you know the different body types and stuff come into play. Like Todd, your big buck, you were telling me how much did it weigh? Oh, geez, I never really weighed one, but I've butchered a lot of deer here. Like, you, your big one on the wall. Oh, the, my big one on the wall did not weigh much at all. It was a smaller deer. I've got lots of bigger deer that had smaller racks. It, it was just neat seeing it's, that. It's just some of them like that, yeah. Uh, you have this big, long deer, and then you have those short, stocky deer. Mm-hmm. I was ha- I was happy with it. I mean the t- the tine lengths on them were like seven inches. You know, you, you had nice twos. long main beams, and you you had a big long deer. It was cool. I mean, I was I was pumped. I mean, I made the best shot I've ever taken. It was the biggest buck I've ever shot, and uh, I and, and you be can happier with that. The funny thing is, is you know, I I I, I think that this saying is kind of funny. Because most of the time people are using it in a bad way, but they're like, I only saw one deer and I shot it, you know, complaining about yeah. the deer numbers. But here's a case where that saying is actually not complaining, really. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. That's the fun thing about hunting like that, you know. I mean, it, it it's the chase game that is that, that keeps you doing it, you know. Yeah, and you guys are down there, you know, you're, you're looking for these big bucks mm-hmm. i mean you're not even allowed to shoot these small bucks and uh that puts another thing into the game I, it, you know a it, major thing it we got hit with that years ago in pennsylvania where you had to count points you know it used to be buck season for us you see a buck you shoot you know i used to like walking around and you you know you could jump a deer and if you saw that it was a buck i would shoot shoot the deer I don't do that that much anymore because now if I'm just going to get a deer, going to get my buck, now I got to jump the deer. I got to make sure it's a legal deer that has points standing on one side. You guys are down there. You got to shoot a deer that's X big. Yeah. You know, that makes it hard. That's why the stand hunting, I don't do any of that anymore. I, I, I enjoyed it, but a uh, whole different ball game when you're putting classifications on them it to me it, it actually the first year i was much more nervous about it the second year i was more relaxed because i just treated this as all right if i see a deer it's immediately it's a non-shooter until i inspect it mm-hmm. and that and, and that was probably why i took such a lax attitude initially was like well this deer isn't going to be big enough so i just yeah, I'm, I'm just like, oh gosh, if I would have taken this seriously to begin with, but, um, mm-hmm. but it, you but, know, and that would be my approach. I'd be like, okay, here comes one. It's not going to be big enough, you know. Yeah, but the the thing was was that it was the, like the guides. I was after the first day, I was kind of not really having a guide i had some that i talked to because they're concentrating on kentucky and i'm i'm archery hunting ohio and so i was kind of more fluid in that i i can do things so when i'd 
go to this one place, I'd be like, okay, break down the bucks that are borderline. I'm going to know the ones that are shooters, but I might get one in here that's borderline. And I had this one guy, his name was Will. He, I technically wasn't his client, but he would say, listen, the two bucks you're after, there's this one, it's, it's a booner. You're going to know it instantly. This other one, it's going to be really wide. Mm-hmm. He says, there's a bunch of eight points that are like 120 inch. Don't shoot an eight. Don't, unless it's like really wide, don't shoot it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. So now I can just sit there and be like, all right, I'm looking for the biggest thing I've ever seen and the widest yeah. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, Whitetail Heaven's a, a, a great outfitter. But when they say it's fair chase, it is fair chase. No doubt. Your hand is not held in this, really. They cater to you in feeding feeding you. But you go down there, and you are hunting a giant lease. And they're dropping you on a spot. Yeah. And, and, and just like in our musky uh, mm-hmm. charters. We could be on them like mad, have double-digit days, and we could go back the next day. And it's not a guarantee. No. Nope. Nope. And that's what's neat about it. And that's why I really, that's why, looking back on the hunt, that's what, what I appreciated. See you later, kid. Good luck. Go get in your stand. I'll see you in 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, and if you have a problem, get out, find cell service, and they'll help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like on day two, when I when I was hunting this one, I'm, I'm not going to start naming all of these these leases that I knew that I was at, you know, for for you know protecting some. Yeah. Anyway, so I was there, and I, I was talking to the to the guy that was running, you know, his clients there, and uh, I said, "Okay, give me the breakdown." What do I shoot? What don't I shoot? And he he pretty much said, there are no borderline bucks. There's going to be a non-shooter, or it's going to be a Boone and Crockett. I'm like, what? He goes, we have six Booners on camera on this lease. He goes, if you there's there's nothing that's in between. There's no borderlines. You're either going to get an 80-inch deer or a 170-inch deer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that makes things easy. Yeah, and I sat all day. I was extremely comfortable. The stand was set up perfect, and I saw zero deer all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, six booners running around this lease. I'm gonna go somewhere else tomorrow. I just, whatever. That didn't. At, at that point, after shooting my first deer, I was not like, I need a bigger one. I'm like, mission accomplished. Let's try to put the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. And I, I could go on and on about all the other yeah. places I went. But, you know, Vance, you, you saw one deer, you shot it. I ended up, because I hunted I hunted every every minute that I could, and I trust me, I wasn't like, I want to go hunting some more. I was dragging myself out of bed. Mm-hmm. My legs were still shot on day four. <laughs> And I mean, it's tough because you're getting up at three thirty. You're kind of sharing yeah. a bathroom with some guys, and oh, gosh. so I mean, you're 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 you know we the guys that we roomed with, they were cool. I'm like, hey guys, I'm taking a shower in the morning. I'm getting up at this time, and you know it worked out. Mm-hmm. But I ended up seeing, and I think my numbers were good. I saw seventeen bucks, different bucks, and eleven doe. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in four days of hunting, and I did not see a deer on day two. That's more bucks to doe. That's more bucks to doe, and five of them were shooters. Andy got dibs on the shower because everybody felt bad for him because he was a cripple. Oh, God. They just liked the Belichick. They knew <laughs> that they were in greatness. Andy was Andy was hurting. Andy was hurting after that, that first initial hike. I'm going to tell you what. These Yeah, they these, work. They work. They work. So... But awesome, awesome place, awesome hunt, and I am definitely going to do it again. It's so much fun. And I think I got the okay from my wife. I might be going back in 18. Dad said he wasn't going back. This was when we were hunting at 16. He goes, I might do it next year, but I'm not doing it the year after. I already heard him talking today on the phone. He goes, I might be going back. He was telling someone on the phone. (laughs) You put it like, what what do you compare it to? Oh, okay. I, I, I'm going to butcher this, but the, the saying was um, something to the effect of, you know, women, men say the worst pain in the world is getting kicked in the balls. Women say the, mo- the, the worst pain in the world is giving birth, but uh, a year after a man gets kicked in the balls, he doesn't say he wants it again. So going on this hunt, it's like it's – I call it the suck. You're sitting in the suck, and it could be weeks, it could be months. You're going to look back, and you're like, I want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so bad, the suck, that you want to do it again. I would have went back in that. You know, if, if I was told to go back into that lock-on and sit in there again, I would have done it, you know. It, Just do it, yeah. The thing is that. I was prepped to do it. I was like, all right, well, i got to do this tomorrow. And then I came back and heard about this. You know, love seat of a regular oh. ladder stand. I was like, yes. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is that they uh, they have like cameras, like near every stand. And on the third day of the hunt, the the big buck that they were after, the booner, in this area, mm-hmm. was there broad daylight, in essentially bow range, of the stand that Vance mm-hmm. initially hunted. Mm-hmm. He was just two days early. I didn't care. No, I, I, so I don't ha- care either. Happy with that buck. That was so cool. But it's just it's just funny how all that plays oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that camera stuff, you know. Yep. Messes with you. It does. So. Oh man, we're an hour and fifty minutes. Yeah. All right, we're gonna end this one. Anyways, that's our trip down to Whitetail Heaven. We're gonna be all hunting here in a couple days. We're going to see what happens. We get another week of rifle season. If there's a story, there might be another half hunting podcast. So, yeah. All and right. I just want to say that anybody that's musky fishing uh, and wants to try something that is comparable, try hunting. I I always thought that. I mean, Andy Andy can attest to that. Todd can attest to that. When I yeah. when it came into this fall stuff, I was like, you're not never going to get me out of the boat and. Uh, I do look forward to the fall hunting. Musky fishing, especially in the fall, I like to call it that. It's musky hunting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. Once a year, short window. I got one with my truck, too. You did get one with your truck. <laughs> so, I, I did hit a buck in PA so far. <laughs> I still got another over a week left of rifle. But, anyways... So, all right, Fat Easy Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, 
We got the Muskie Max. What are the dates, Todd? 10th and 11th, I believe. 10th and 11th of March. Of March. Of March. We will be there. Um, grab your friends. Grab your family. It's a good time for all. And uh, great show. We love it there. And St. Croix Rods. Best on earth. So till next time, good luck hunting or fishing. Stay warm. Nice hot shower power ranking. Should Stay be, safe, too. Should be number one. So with that... I'm shutting this one down. Thanks for listening.